0: Hey, welcome to Access. John here. If you haven't already, be sure to download the free FBC Rungi Church app on iTunes or Google Play for sermons, announcements, and important updates regarding the church. Do you ever get frustrated at yourself because you can't keep track of all the rules of what it means to be a Christian? This is the first part in a six-part series called Follow Me where we're going to be talking about how Jesus actually gave us a secret to keeping all of the rules. This message is entitled, Jesus Says. Did you know that one of the easiest things to do as a Christian is to focus on the sins of others? It is so easy to slip into focusing on how other people, especially people in church, don't measure up. I find myself there often, I'll be honest with you. Before we get into God's Word today, let me share with you a little bit uh, about my experience growing up. Um, as most of you know, I'm a PK, which is sort of a preacher's kid. I was raised... In a church culture, I, I really believe I have seen just about everything in church. I've seen churches split. I've seen churches grow. I've seen um, you know people love their pastor. I've seen people treat their pastor like garbage. I've seen two two deacons cuss it out in church. I've seen fist fights. I've seen um, you know threatening one another, and I've seen genuine love for one another. So I mean, I've been around in, in church for a long time. I've seen a lot. Um, and I guess for me growing up in church, always seemed like a big game of Jesus says. Um, maybe What's Jesus says? Well, if you ever heard of Simon says, Jesus says is a lot like Simon says. Jesus said, do this. Jesus said, do that. Do this. Uh-oh. Jesus didn't say. Or even, hey, Jesus said, don't do that. And you just did, so you're out. Well, what I discovered about myself growing up um, playing the, the game of Jesus says is that life is just easier when you're out. I did not mind so much when I was out because it's easier. You don't have to watch yourself. You don't have to pay attention to others. Um, it's almost like you say to yourself, you know, if I go to hell, oh well, at least I'll know people there. Maybe I'll like them. <laughs> Every summer I would go to church camp and uh, sometimes i would go two or three times a year just to get out of the house, go to a bunch of camps. But um, every year at camp, I would, you know, kind of come back around. Like I haven't been doing what Jesus says, and so God would convict me, and I, you know, I just, I would commit my life to play another round, uh, and I would leave camp supercharged. I'm like, okay, Jesus, it's time to do what you say, and I was just miserable inside. I mean, uh, without the right environment, I think, you know, people that are actually forcing you to to follow Jesus and do what he says. Which is essentially what happens at camp. Um, I don't know. I, I was miserable. I, I couldn't keep all the rules. I wasn't good, strong enough to do it by myself. And um, I didn't really know how to rely on God for that. And so I'd be miserable. And what would make me, me more miserable, I think, is when you play Jesus says, you inadvertently say to God, hey, look, God, I, I'm doing what, what you say. Look at me. Aren't you proud? Um, and that's not a good way to, to, to base a relationship. Um, but also, um, I'd look around and I'd notice that other people weren't doing what Jesus says. And that would make me angry because, you know what, if I'm going to be miserable, other people should be miserable too. You know, why am I the only one that's doing, doing what Jesus says here? Every, other people should be miserable like me. You heard the expression, misery loves company. I think it's true. Um You know, when we play Jesus Says, it doesn't really lead to joy. It leads us to being miserable. You end up spending most of your time accusing others, you know, uh, God, look at them, they're not doing this. And maybe you feel so inclined to go and tell them uh, what they are doing wrong. Well, who does that actually sound like? Does that sound like Jesus? Because Revelation 12.10 says, For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. That doesn't sound like Jesus. It sounds like the devil. When all you do is sit around and accuse people of how they don't measure up, you do exactly what the devil does. Which means you fall into being a disciple of the devil, not a disciple of Christ. The devil wants you to play Jesus Says. Because you will be miserable, and it steals away your joy. He wants you to focus on the sins of others instead of being in the right relationship with God yourself. But you cannot love God and accuse others. You cannot love God and hate others, which is what Scripture tells us, which is where Jesus says leads us. Well, what if playing Jesus says isn't what Jesus said to do at all? If there were one group of people I think who were especially good at playing this game, it would have been the Pharisees. He's saying, well, what are you talking about? They didn't do what Jesus said. Well, they played a different game called God Says, but it was essentially the same thing. If you follow all the rules, if God says to do it, then you do it. Um, if he says to say it, then you, then, then you say it. If he says not to say it, then you don't say it. And if you do these things, then you're in. But if you don't do these things, well, you're out. They had over 600 laws that they meticulously followed, and it was so much easier, so much easier to be out than it was to be in. And, you know, I I think basically the way they followed these rules, the only way they could follow them is to have a loophole. You know, yeah, it says don't eat on this day, but technically it's not the day yet, so I'm going to go ahead and eat. Or, you know, um... Um, uh, I know it says don't walk this many steps, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have somebody else carry me, and I'm going to carry them after we're done. So it's, it was really just a bunch of loopholes, and we're going to get to a really big loophole here in just a minute, which is incredible that they felt like they could get away with this. But the point is, is that we can't focus on the rules all the time and be a disciple of Jesus Christ, and there is another way. Jesus put it this way: "Come, follow me." Now, don't worry about putting your right foot there and your left arm here. Don't worry about standing up and sitting down or speaking when I, you know, when I've told you to. Just come and follow me. What, what are you saying, John? Are you saying that like you don't have to do what Jesus says? Absolutely not. I'm saying that whenever you follow Christ, you will do what He says. But it is possible to do what He says. And not follow him. Go to each one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and what you're going to find out is that Jesus is extremely relational. Jesus invited us to relationship, not rule following. And the most consistent message that Jesus gave was this hey, come follow me. No, 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 don't worry about all of that. Don't worry about believing all the right things or, or, you know, waking up at the right time or eating the right food. Just come on. Come follow me. When Jesus began the process of discipleship with somebody, he always had the same message. Matthew 5, 18 through 19 says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon and Peter and, his, uh, Simon Peter and uh, his brother Andrew, and they were casting nets in the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Luke six, twenty seven through twenty eight. After this Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said, and Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. To the rich young ruler, Jesus says in, in Mark ten twenty one, one thing you lack. What is it that one thing you lack? He says, Go and sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then Come follow me. What did he lack? He wasn't actually following Christ. Which means we shouldn't play Jesus says. We should play follow the leader. Jesus says in Matthew 16, If anybody wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. We don't need to play Jesus says. We need to play follow the leader. You might be thinking, well, what's the difference? The difference is is that one, one game requires for you to be extremely relational, to pay attention, and the other does not. I had an opportunity to go to the Dominican Republic on a mission trip, and um, as I was there, they put me with a bunch of little babies. and Not not babies, babies, like they were walking around, but they were still little bitty. And, you know, I I knew immediately, not only did I have a translator that was going to have to interpret everything that I said, this wasn't going to be one of those, you need to learn this lesson sort of things. And so what I, I we were supposed to play a game, and, and you know I had a lot of games like that, but it just wasn't going to work for this group of, of little, little, little bitty toddlers. And so I said to the translator, I said, hey, just tell them to watch me and do what I say. And I would sit down on the floor, and they would sit down on the floor, and I would stand up, and they would stand up. And I would uh, get down and hop around like a frog, and they would follow me and hop around like a frog. It was like one of the cutest things ever. But, um, you know, they were watching me. I had their complete and total attention, and they were doing everything that I was doing. That's how follow the leader works. You can't just say, I can't just say, well, I want you to go over there, get up, get down, take off your shoes, jump like a frog, and they're going to do all of that. The truth of the matter is, is that we are toddlers in, in God's realm. We're toddlers. We don't know all the lessons of life. We don't know which way we should go. Most of the time, we struggle even feeding ourselves. So we need help with that, too. Which is why Jesus says, hey look, just come follow me. Put your eyes on me, imitate me, do what I do, listen to what I'm saying, and and do what I say. Yeah, Jesus says. But it's more important to follow Christ than it is to do what he says all the time. You'll find up a lot of times whenever you play follow the leader that you actually end up breaking some of the rules of Jesus says. And just to show you what I mean, I want to read Matthew chapter twelve, verses one through fourteen, and I'm going to start with verses one and two. It says, uh, Matthew chapter twelve, verse one: At that time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were very hungry, and they began to pick the, pick the heads of grain and eat them. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, "Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath." What are they saying? Essentially, Jesus. They had followed Jesus out into this field and they began to eat, and the Pharisees were accusing them, wait a minute, Jesus, they're not doing what God says. You know, we're doing what God says, but they aren't, so they're out. Now, if you're struggling, like, what is the Sabbath? Basically, the Sabbath is considered the seventh day of the week. You know, in Genesis... God create, it says that God created the earth in six days and on the seventh day he rested. And one of the commandments is, uh, actually commandment number four, is observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy just as God did. You need to, do, to keep it as a day of rest. And God did this, we know this from reading scripture, God did this for our benefit, not for his. Um, he wants us to learn how to rest and reflect and remember, you know what did, what did God do on the Sabbath? He looked back on all that he had done and he saw that it was good. And so um, on the Sabbath, we as followers of Jesus Christ are essentially supposed to look back on all the work that we've done and we're supposed to know that it is good. All the work that God has done, the, his creation, we're supposed to reflect on all the things that God has done with us through the week and know that they're good because God is good. So the Sabbath is important because it points us to a relationship with God. But see, the Pharisees learned how to keep the Sabbath just because God said to, and they considered any work on the Sabbath a violation. These these disciples, you know, they had eaten, uh, they'd worked on the Sabbath by picking off the, the heads of the grain and they were eating them. And so they, they, they came around, you know, and they said, Jesus, they didn't just break one of the 600 laws that Moses and the high priest set up. No, 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 no. Because they were following you, your disciples broke one of the big ten. Commandment number four, observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. God says, don't do that. And they did, so they're out. But look how Jesus responds to him. I love this. He says, haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered, entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was unlawful for them to do, but only for the priest. Now, I hope you saw what happened here. He's, let, me, let me read in verse 5. It says, or haven't you read in the law that the priests on the Sabbath day, um, that they they their duty in the temple, they desecrate the temple all the time. They desecrate the Sabbath, and yet they're innocent. What was Jesus saying here? Well, it's hard to get the full effect when you read it in black and white. So let me see if I can try to pull it out and, and and draw this out for you. Jesus was being incredibly offensive to the Pharisees. He asked them, have you not read? Which is the equivalent of slapping them in the face because that's all they did was sit around and read and try to understand Scripture. He says, do you not understand? Have you not read? Of course they've read. That's all they did. So Jesus is coming around and he is breaking their game of God says. He reminds them that in 1 Samuel 21, David and his men were starving to death and they stumbled upon a temple because they were on the run from King Saul. And, and their lives were more important than a ritual. And so they ate the consecrated bread that, and, and that God was going to reserve for the priest. They ate the consecrated bread and he says, God didn't punish them. God didn't smite them down and break them. You know, like, I'm, I'm going to punish you, David. In fact, God even honored David. And so, you know, even if they were to come around and say, you know, well, then it was unlawful for him to do that, and, and, you know, they would have a riot on their hands because who are we talking about here? We're talking about King David. We're talking about your ancestor, the one of the greatest kings who has ever lived. You know, they held him in high regard. He says, haven't you read? And, and so whenever he comes around and he says, and haven't you read? Uh, and he talks about how they break the Sabbath all the time. Not only is he being offensive, like, don't you know anything? Of course we know stuff. Well, you don't obviously know this, but he points out he's like you break it all the time. You do it in the You you do the Sabbath. You know, whenever you go, the high priests in the temple that they they perform their rituals, they break it because nobody can keep it all the time. What you guys don't understand is is that it's not all about all about following what God says all the time. That you're supposed to be playing follow the leader. Now it's funny, like people who make a big deal about breaking the Sabbath. My dad actually said, whenever he was a kid, um, he he lost his dog, and rather than let his dog rot all day, he started digging a hole in his backyard, and and uh, burying the dog. And the preacher that you know from the church they went through went to drove by and and you know got out of his car and chewed him out for doing any work on the Sabbath day. <laughs> and it, that's just a game of Jesus says really. It's just a game of, you know, like, follow the law, follow the rules. You know, it's funny, though, that we preachers, that we work on the Sabbath all the time. You say, well, Sunday's not the Sabbath. Saturday's actually the Sabbath. Well, guess what? That's one of my busiest days of the week. (laughs) You know, it, it really is funny. Jesus is saying, you break, you break the rules all the time. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, if we're honest with each other, we'd see that we do break the rules all the time. Even if we focus on everybody else, how everybody else is messing up. Look, dude, you do it too. You're not innocent. One time at Thanksgiving, I was angry at my dad cuz I'm like, "Dad, all you're doing is sitting in here and watching TV. You need to be more active." And he, he's frustrated with me and I go in and I play video games and he goes in and he's like, "Look, you're in, in here on me about watching TV, but this is all you're doing all day is playing video games." Well, that stung a little bit. It was true. It's true. You're not perfect. And if you're honest with yourself, you're going to see that you break the law all the time too. But it's not all about doing what God says all the time. It's not all about doing what Jesus says. Does this mean that we shouldn't obey the commandments? Certainly not. We should obey the law when Jesus leads us to. And most of the time he will. But sometimes, sometimes there is an exception. Look what Jesus says in, in uh, verses 6 through 8. He says, I tell you, someone greater then the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, ouch, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Wow, Jesus, again, is bringing around here to slap these guys in the face. And you know his disciples had to have been like, oh, get him, Jesus, get him. Because what he did here was incredible he's saying essentially you know for all of your learning for your lifetime of studying scripture you don't know squat because if you had known what these words mean i desire mercy not sacrifice you would have known that it is more important to have a relationship with god and to act like god to other people emulate his behavior Instead of making all the sacrifices all the time, I desire for you to have mercy on other people just as God has mercy on you. So essentially Jesus is saying, I know you think you're really good at playing God says, but you don't understand his game at all. If you had known what these words mean, you would know how God really acts and you would know what God really wants. He shows the Pharisees that God doesn't want us walking around, pointing fingers and accusing others about how they don't measure up to his rules. God doesn't want us to be good at religion. He wants us to be in a good relationship with him and others. God wants us to exercise grace and mercy upon those who don't deserve it because that's what he does with us. He wants us to follow Jesus because when we follow the leader, we will take on his nature. So again, we don't need to play, Jesus says. We need to play follow the leader. Last part of this, it says... um, Going on from that place, this is the second part of this, I love this, on verse 9 it says, Going on from that place, he went to their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there, and looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And he said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Now, Before we we conclude this passage, I just kind of want to point out some things about this. Picture this. Jesus just tied into it with the Pharisees, and he made them look stupid. And he was incredibly offensive. And look what he does there. He walks up into their synagogue. (laughs) This is basically the equivalent of saying, Hey, I know you guys and I, we're not getting along. I made you look dumb. But guess what? I'm now your guest speaker. (laughs) And I'm going to make you look stupid in front of everybody. So the Pharisees, they look over. They notice a man with a shriveled hand that needed medical attention, and basically they had a process for doing this. They would clean him and and you know just just pray for him, and you know that there was essentially a, a way to help this man. But the Pharisees knew that unless it was an emergency on Sunday or or you know the Sabbath, whatever the Sabbath was, was probably most likely Saturday, that they weren't going to heal him. This wasn't an emergency, and so Jesus looks at him and says, "Look." I want to show you how broken your game actually is. You know how you play that game and God says, well, because you follow the law so meticulously and you don't realize that God doesn't want you to do what he says all the time, he wants you to put your eyes on him and follow him? According to your rules, a sheep is more valuable than a person. Now this can happen. We see this a lot in our country that you know, we say, save the trees and kill the children. Like it, it, a life is more valuable than anything else. A uh, human being is more valuable than a tree or than a sheep and or you know some kind of some kind of livestock. He's saying you're not breaking the Sabbath when you have compassion on someone else. It's like it's like following the rules all the time actually actually messes us up because that's not the point. So Jesus heals this man. Look what he says in, in, in verse 13. He says, And they said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And so he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But look, I love this. He says, It says, um, But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. <laughs> because of their pride, because of doing what God says all the time, and they're so good at it, everybody else is so bad at it, the Pharisees, The men that were the best players, if God says, made plans to kill Jesus. Sure, they probably wouldn't have done it themselves. But weren't they violating one of the Big Ten themselves? And wouldn't that actually be worse? Killing someone versus violating the Sabbath? I guess they forgot about the commandment, thou shalt shalt not murder. (laughs) The worst part is, is that when they eventually got around to killing Jesus, they thought they were doing what God said. They thought they were doing what God's work. That's why it's so important that we can't always do what God says all the time. We're not here to play Jesus says. We're here to follow Christ. And it's so easy to take your eyes off of Jesus and put them on the shortcomings of other people. We might even feel so inclined to tell people, you know, this is how you're messing up. and, And you're not playing Jesus says right. But isn't it true that most of the time we're more worried about following the rules than we are about caring for other people? You know, that's understandable when we come to Christ. He, he really begins to change your lives. And, you know, we feel like I can't be around other people who are who are sinful like I was. We don't realize that we're still sinful. And, yeah, we want to be around people who who, who help us be more like Christ. I don't know if you ever play golf, but when you go play golf, you want to play with people that are better than you because it rubs off. You rub off on each other, which nobody ever wants to play with me because I'm terrible and I bring their game down. Well, that's kind of like the way, you know, Christians are. We want to be around people who make us strong in the faith and not people that that might might challenge our faith. But let me ask you, of the two groups of people, which are you most like? Are you like the disciples who simply obey, you know, they they just follow Christ? Or are you like the Pharisees that are focused on doing all the things that God says? Which game are you following or which game are you playing? Are you follow, follow the leader or Jesus says? Does that mean that we shouldn't do what Jesus says? Absolutely not. Because, like I said, when we follow Christ, we will do what He says. But you can do what He says without following Him. Let me give you a really good example. In my house, my kids are absolutely not allowed to touch the guns. I have them locked up. They don't know the password. They're not allowed to touch the guns. But if I tell them, do not touch the gun, do not touch the gun, do not touch the gun, and that's all they do is just obey what I said, then what happens when somebody breaks in and they're on top of me and I'm like, go get the gun? They don't hear that. All they heard was, never touch the gun, not going to touch the gun. Well, this is one of those special situations, those special circumstances where I need you to. So go get it. What's the difference there? If you have an active relationship with your father, if you hear his voice, he tells you what to do. Then this time, things are different. Jesus is extremely relational. The thing Jesus says doesn't require us to really relate to Jesus at all. And what's worse, we end up sending the message to the world that we're disgusted with them. And if we they want to join us, and they need to change. If they want to play, you know, they want to be in with us, they need to play Jesus says just like everyone else. But you know what? Jesus did not send that message. Jesus never said change and you can join us. Jesus said change or join us and you will change. You know, join us and and this is what's going to happen. I'm going to begin to transform you. More accurately, he he just said, come follow me. And he knew where he was going to take us. I want every single person listening to me to dial in on what I'm about to say because this is if you don't get anything else, get this. You cannot follow Christ and stay the same. And if you're actually following Christ, you won't stay the same. But Jesus doesn't simply want us to obey all the rules. He wants us to focus on a relationship with Him. Put our eyes on Him and follow Him. Now you may think, it can't be that simple. But I'm telling you it is. Jesus didn't say, hey, get right and you can come be a part of me. He just said, hey, come on. Come on. Come follow me. Now, if all I can accomplish is to teach my boys to follow Jesus, then I can die a happy man. Because what's really funny is when you follow Jesus, you begin to see how much you're not like him. Yeah, there's lots of lessons I want to teach them. Teach them, you know, like, you know, honor honor your mother and father, and you know, treat your mother, treat treat women with respect. Yeah, you know, stay out of circumstances where you get in in with the wrong crowd. But if I can just teach them to follow Christ, I know they're going to be okay. You follow Jesus, you you find out how much you're not like him. And guess what? There's so much of you that's not like him, you won't have time to focus on the bad behavior of everyone else. There's too much to do following Christ. I don't have time to focus on all your shortcomings when I, I know that I need to follow Christ with all of my shortcomings. I need to be more like him. It sounds, you know, it, it is simple, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. Trust me, I know how easy it is to slip into focusing on how everyone else doesn't measure up to God's standards. But when we do that, it leads us down a dark pathway of misery and frustration. We couldn't win the game, as Jesus says, even if we wanted to. We need grace. And guess what? That's what God gives us. He gives us grace. Wouldn't it be cool, though, if we could act with others like he acts with us? Jesus says is not going to help us be like Christ. So let's play a different game. Let's play follow the leader and see where we end up. Hey, thanks again for listening. We pray that the Lord blessed you through this message and that he spoke to you and that you have a clear direction for your life. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss another message. And if you have any questions or comments about today's message, please feel free to email us at FBCrungi at gmail.com. Until then, we hope that you share in our vision to help people take root, grow, and bear fruit. And if so, then let's get out there and get to work.